Hello, and welcome to AP Reread. I'm Jameson. I'm Aaron. I'm Cameron. Uh, and I'm Joseph. In part one, we're going to talk about how writers often highlight the values of a culture or society by using characters who are alienated from said culture or society because of their gender, race, class, or creed. Which character plays a significant role and shows how the character's alienation reveals the surrounding society's assumptions or moral values? Aaron, do you want to go first and explain that? Yeah, especially between like Gatsby and Tom, they both have like a high class, um, but they're very different in the way that Tom has old money and Gatsby has new money that is, we come to learn, is fake because he's very uh, corrupt and like a con man. Um, so he is still alienated from the rich people because his money isn't old money. It isn't inherited from his family. It's money that he kind of stole along his way in life. Um, Yes. Joseph, are there any other, do you want to talk more about Gatsby and um, his alienation, or are there any other characters that are alienated from the rest? Um, I think just to add on, uh, I think Nick's, um, the fact that Nick gets to see uh, both sides, uh, that kind of shows how, uh, it kind of allows um, viewers to have uh, the perspective of both sides, and we get to see um, how contrast and how different they are. Uh, it really shows that Nick, though he may uh, be working with um, certain individuals, he's never really uh, truly a part of one society because he just seems to be like floating around throughout um, West Egg and East Egg. And uh, it seems like after the more he builds his relationship with Gatsby, uh, the more he can see, um, you know, the two different sides of you know, the situation at hand. And I think that's uh, interesting for us readers to view um, coming from the outside. Especially when you watch like um, either movie from 1974 um, or the one from 2013, you can see that there's also like a physical alienation between Nick and the rich because he lives in like this tiny little cottage just kind of like implanted into the rich neighborhood. So he's definitely different from them but he still gets like an insight into how the rich live um jameson is there anything else you want to add yeah i agree with like everyone like what everyone else is saying basically like he's kind of like he's able to like be there but he's never like he never actually like feels home there like you can tell he just is like kind of there and he's like a little bit of an outsider in a way but that still is able to give us like his like own perspective on things from his point of view. Yeah, definitely having him be like on the outside gives us a greater insight into how like Gatsby's corrupt and how Tom and Daisy are just like are money hungry. I think definitely when you look at Gatsby um, from the beginning, there's a lot of. Um, pleasure and happiness that like comes from him because you're like wow he made it all the way up from being poor and he's such like a sweet guy to Gatsby but as we go on like he becomes kind of manipulative and you see it's almost like like gilded where on the outside he seems like 
great, but on the inside, he's really not. And it's kind of like a fake facade that he puts up. Um, so there's like definitely a balance between times where he's seen as like the good guy, but then we slowly get into, well, maybe he's not actually fully the good guy in the book. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like in the beginning of the story, we think of Gatsby as this amazing person. He's someone that doesn't have a face and he's really rich and he throws these amazing parties. Um, But there's that unknown part that kind of leaves some answers unanswered and um, it adds to this uneasiness that you get when you're learning about him as a character. Um, So Jameson, how do you think this healthy confusion helps tell the story? I think this like healthy confusion helps like tell the story by like the opening and like earlier parts of the book seem like a lot more happier and like it kind of like helps build on to like how just these characters get like corrupted later on and you kind of like start to see how they enter like their downfall of sorts. Yeah, I agree. I think the confusion of both the characters and the readers really helps show who Gatsby is and also plays into the idea of dark romanticism that this novel is trying to establish. And I think the healthy confusion of other characters in the book too really um, comes through when you're reading it. So Joseph, are there any other characters that you feel joy and easiness in the book um, that we're able to notice? Um, personally, I think, uh, one of the biggest, uh, characters I've noticed with, uh, that kind of situation is kind of, uh, I think Daisy and, um, also, also Tom, uh, because I feel like that kind of show is like, uh, a revolving theme that money can't buy happiness, uh, because you can see that these, these rich people with all this money and power, um, they deal with their own problems that are emotionally, um, keeping them unstable because, with all this money and power comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure. And Daisy's uh, always always has pressure uh, to meet standards that are met on her. And then Tom always has all this all this power. But with that, um, you build you bring in his character and how he loves to have <clears throat> everything in control, um, but that's not always possible. So that kind of brings out his insecurity within him that um, we didn't know he had until situations come across. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting how money plays into these situations because no matter how much you have, uh, you still can never get enough. And um, we can really see that there's more to it than that. There's a whole mental and emotional realm uh, within this book. That's kind of it. Yeah, I agree. I think the money that all the characters have would provide them some joy but then we realize that they're actually miserable in their lives and I think that even though Nick doesn't have that much money out of all the characters he does have the most joy and that adds to the theme of the money and greed that the characters experience um all right uh in many plays, a character has a misconception of himself or his world, destroying a 
perpetuating, destroying or perpetuating this illusion contributes to a central theme of the play. Uh, we're going to go, uh, dis we're going to dive deep into the different characters whom the statement applies to, and then consider some points, um, what the character's illusion is and how it differs from reality as presented in the play and how the destruction of perpetuation of the illusion um, develops a theme of the play. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, we'll start with you first. Uh, Gatsby's, let's talk about Gatsby's misconception about rec recreating the past. Um, so Gatsby throws all these fancy parties um, to get Daisy to come to them so that he can be with her again because he thinks that having her in his life will help him recreate a past where he was happier and with her. Um, and when he, she finally comes to a party, um, he sees that she's just kind of happy, but she won't run away and be with Gatsby. She still wants to be with Tom. And so after the party, he's talking to Nick and Nick tells him that he won't be able to recreate the past. And um, Gatsby doesn't believe that. He thinks that having Daisy in his life will help him go back to a past where he was happier um but he soon comes to learn that that actually isn't real and it's just an illusion that he's created in his head yeah um so with uh Gatsby and his journey to getting to where he is it seems like he's just been on this narrow-minded uh tunnel vision kind of journey and he never sees anything besides what he wants and his end goal and he feels like what happened once can always happen again as long as you have enough money and, you know, uh, willpower to do so. And I think that's uh, interesting to see within his character how he can be kind of stubborn at times. And he kind of has that misconception uh, within himself uh, about these situations. And we can also see that from uh, Jay's perspective, uh, Nick's perspective, sorry, um, when he's with Gatsby uh, in, this, in the story. Um, Cameron, how does his illusion contribute to the play? So um, Gatsby's thoughts about like recreating the past is what like the whole story kind of revolves around um, him and his greed and his money. So his like fake facade that he has in his illusion of recreating the past and going back with Daisy and, you know, loving her is, you know, fake because you can't really repeat the past, but also his past is different from like what it actually was. Like he's created this fake story in his head and completely forgot about like all the bad parts and has, you know, kind of convinced himself that if he gets Daisy back, everything will go back to how it was, even though when it was like that in the past, it wasn't the best thing because she left him he was still like dirt poor, um, so it, it's like fake, um, and that's the, what makes him greedy and money hungry, which ultimately leads to like his death in the end. So. Yeah, for sure, those are good points. Um, I think that with Gatsby being one of the more main characters, I feel like his uh, his 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 thinking process makes leads him to make decisions that kind of drive the story in an interesting and unique way uh and i feel like that's also 
something that can kind of contribute to the overall story because of um, his decisions and the actions that he takes and how other people react to it. Um, a lot of people don't react to it as well as he might think that people would. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jameson, what does the destruction of this illusion do for the theme of this story? I think it, like, builds upon the fact, like, the American dream is, like, unattainable in a way because, like, it's like an it's like a fantasy that like people really want to get a hands on, but either it comes out like a cost of like other things or it's unrealistic and it just ends up being like self destructive for whoever wants it in a way. And I think like the fact that it doesn't end good for Gatsby was probably the perfect way to end the book as well. Yeah, for sure. Um I think it's I think it's definitely interesting how um, things don't always go as planned. Uh, that's a good theme to think about. Um, <clears throat> and it was uh, kind of interesting to see how, um, like, how everything kind of pans out in that way, um, all from the decisions made from some kind of irrational thinking pattern. Uh, it was definitely interesting to see. Um, but yeah. Now that we've discussed the three key components of this book, it's time to wrap up this discussion and come to a conclusion on what we've learned. Uh, Aaron, between the two films, uh, which one do you think is the most accurate to the book? I think the 1974 version really does a good job of being exactly what the book is like portraying but i think the 2013 version does a better job of um making the story uh, more relatable in like a modern setting um because it's so extravagant and over the top while the 1974 version just kind of is the picture that goes along with the book if that makes sense yeah, I agree. I think the 2013 movie kind of focuses on being too gr too much more like grand instead of like trying to capture what made like the original book so good. Uh, Cameron, what would you say are the most major themes of the book? So like we talked about before, you have like the American dream and Gatsby going from dirt poor uh, in the Midwest to this amazing like person on wall street that everyone knows and is super rich and throws these really grand parties um but then that also the american dream plays off of him basically losing that all and losing his life at the end because it's not true and it's not real kind of showing how it is an unattainable goal and along with that we also have like greed and power um and that's also shown with the uh, Buchanan's with Tom and Daisy, especially at the end. Um, I know that there was a quote about how they didn't care about anything that they did and how they destroyed all these people's lives. They just pick up and move anytime they do something bad just to keep their power and their money because they are greedy people. Yeah, I think, like, all those in general kind of, like, tie into a, like, general theme of just, like, corruption and just, like, the effects not only it has on, like, one person, but everyone as a whole. 
Uh, Joseph, what would you say are some major takeaways from the book? Um, I would say, for me personally, one of the biggest takeaways was that, um, like I mentioned previously, uh, money can't buy happiness. And I think that uh, it's interesting to see how this higher status brings more responsibility and more pressure upon individual characters. And with this higher status comes a kind of an exposure of the individual, uh, like the characteristics between each uh, character and we can see the their flaws and what what makes them them and uh, how they respond in different situations and I think that you know your your character is really tested um, the higher status the, the higher your status goes up um, and then I also think that um, oh yeah I think I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I got from this book. Uh, I'm going to ask this question for everyone in our discussion, but did you personally like the book? And from my perspective, I'd say it's a really good take on the uh, just American dream being unattainable. And I think the characters in general are probably what sells the book in a way. And it's really interesting to just see more books with like, like a, an ending that's just not as happy and like it's more real and not sugar-coated and that's kind of why I also ended up liking the 1974 movie more too even if it wasn't actually really that sugar-coated in the 2013 movie um I liked I, this is my second time reading the book and I think um reading it when I was younger and now when I'm a little bit older I, I mean, I still love the book, and I think it's beautifully written, and I do like how it's not, like you guys mentioned, sugar-coated, and, like, it's beautifully written, but it's not all, like, happy and rainbows. It plays into um, corruption and how, like, the American dream isn't as, like, amazing as some people make it out to be, and how greed and power can really change someone. Um, but at the same time, they can still be the same person on the inside, no matter how much they tried to hide from their past. It's still going to come through in their present and in, in the future. Um, and along with like uh, the movies, I like both of them. I do think that the 1974 one is an accurate representation of the book. But I like the um, visuals in the 2013 one a little bit better. Um, overall... I think, I mean, I, I guess I liked it. Um, it wasn't anything crazy for me, um, but I did, there is a good, there's good takeaways that you can take from the book and good themes and uh, messages that one can learn from. Um, but overall, it was a, it was a decent book in my opinion. Thank you for listening to the AP Reread Podcast. We hope that your time here allowed you to strengthen your thoughts and understanding of the novel The Great Gatsby by Scott Fitzgerald. We anticipate seeing you again for another great AP Reread podcast later in the future. See you later for now. Okay, I'll edit this tonight, and um, I'll let you know if we need to add anything to, like, get to the time stamp or not. Okay, sounds good. Alrighty. Okay. Um, 
yeah, I think Gatsby is a really good um, character to look at when it comes to animation because of Clash. Um, since he was little, like, he didn't really have a lot of money, and he, that's all he really wanted. And he found a way to get money and power, and he had this, like, um, amazing life full of wealth, and it was all basically fake. It wasn't really real, and it just contrasted the wealth that um, Tom had, and um, because Tom had a life of old money, he grew up with this money, he's always had it, and it was a really stable thing in his life. So, to show the two contrasting men and their like wealth um, really shows the significant role of um, classes in this in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Today on AP Reread, we will be discussing and taking a deeper examination of the book *The Great Gatsby* by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Before we look into this novel, it's important to lay down some context. It takes place in New York in 1922. Throughout the book, we follow the narrator Nick and his cousin Daisy, her husband Tom, and her friend Jordan, as they learn about Nick's mysterious neighbor, Jay Gatsby. Throughout the novel, we get a closer look into the lives of the characters and see the themes of alienation because of status, the effect of healthy confusion, and the idea of unrealistic fantasies. So let's start talking about these themes presented in the book. Yeah, I think we can see a lot of the alienation um, because of social status when it comes to Gatsby and Tom, um, mainly because Tom's wealth comes from old money and he's always had it and, you know, it's been this constant thing in his life. But for Gatsby, it's something he didn't grow up with and he kind of faked his way into um, a lot of his wealth, like, isn't actually his, it's more um, of a fraud, and also, um, the fact that Daisy chose, um, Tom over Gatsby because of his wealth and his status, um, also plays a big part in the, um, Gatsby's alienation from the wealthier people in this area, especially Tom and Daisy. So, in part two, we're gonna look at the prompt that says, a critic has said that one important measure of a superior work of literature is its ability to produce in the reader a healthy confusion of pleasure and disquietude. So we're going to look at how The Great Gatsby provides this healthy confusion. So Cameron, in what ways does this novel balance pleasure and disquietude for the reader? I agree. I think Gatsby is a character that from the beginning is very grand and mysterious and we only know as much about him as the other characters in the book which um, creates a healthy confusion, but I also think it helps us as the readers feel more engaged in trying to know more about him because we only have such limited information as to um, who he is as a character. So, Jameson, how do you think this healthy confusion helps tell the story? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like I said before, the lack of knowledge we have about who Gatsby is um, in the beginning is similar to the lack of knowledge that 
the characters have um, in the beginning, which is exciting and it draws us in because, you know, just like Nick and Jordan, like we want to know who he is um, and it makes us feel kind of like we're part of the story because we're learning about Gatsby along with them. Um, and I also think because of the way the story is told, um, it creates a confusion because it leaves a lot of the story up to us to interpret and figure out, um, which is a very interesting way for the story to be told. Um, Joseph, are there any other characters in the book that you feel provide a sense of joy and uneasiness that we're able to notice. Yeah, I agree. I think Daisy and Tom are a really good example um, of the joy and uneasiness um, and, you know, pleasure and disquietude in this novel because they have money, they have it all, and most people think they should be happy, um, but in reality, they're miserable with their lives. And like you said, um, money can't buy happiness and they really show that um, in this book. Gatsby's misconception is that if he throws all these big grand parties that Daisy will eventually go to one of them and she'll see his wealth and she'll want to leave Tom to be with him and the reason he does this is because he thinks that having Daisy back in his life will bring him to a happier time in his life but um after Daisy goes to one of his parties um and isn't ready to leave Tom to be with him um he thinks it's because the parties aren't grand enough and he brings this up to Nick and Nick tells Gatsby that he can't recreate the past and that was something really difficult for Gatsby to kind of grasp because he thought that having Daisy in his life would bring things back to the way they were before when he was happier and when he was with her um but Nick tells him that that's just simply not true I think the 1974 version of the film is a closer representation of the book um I think they took a more realistic approach in adapting the story um into a movie while the 2013 version took some more i guess artistic liberties to make it more extravagant um and relatable in a modern day sense um i think they were both enjoyable but the 1974 version did a better job of really sticking to the book I also really enjoyed the book. Um, I also liked how the ending wasn't happily ever after kind of ending. And um, I think the way it was written made it really interesting to read. Um, so I really enjoyed it. That's all we have for The Great Gatsby. Thank you for listening to this episode of the AP Reread podcast. We hope we were able to strengthen your understanding of the novel The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald and we hope that you'll join us again for another episode. Bye for now.